into the contest. It's Thursday the 22nd of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee... You've been in the kitchen again, my friend. I have, mate. I'm cooking some Mexican. I know the Olympics are starting. I should be cooking Japanese, but um, mate, we've got a new sponsor on the show, Valando Tequila, and we've got Shane Tucker coming up today on the show to talk about – he's actually a drag racing expert. So I'm going to be cooking all things um, to match with the Valando Tequila, some pulled pork, mate, slow-cooked pulled pork, um, and some nice tacos, and I make a very good guacamole as well. You know, Plenty of, obviously, avocado, um, some coriander, and plenty of fresh lime, mate. It's the key. I know we're looking forward to having lunch together, and we'll do that soon enough, but if you can cry back a little bit of that over to me, that would be a lovely, lovely gesture. We also have your opportunity to win, of course, the State of Origin jersey. New South Wales won the series. We'll be giving that away soon. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook, Afternoon Sport, on Twitter or Facebook, and you could win the State of Origin jersey. As Shane mentioned, Drag Racer, our new sponsor, Shane Tucker with us. Commentator Brenton Speed, he called the Matildas win last night. He's going to tell us all about it. And our reporter on the ground in Tokyo is Drew Jones from Fox Sports News. We'll have a chat. Well, there's certainly an air of excitement. The Olympics, of course, the opening ceremony starts tomorrow, but we've already seen some great action. And uh, on the ground for Fox Sports News is Drew Jones. How are you, Drew? Konnichiwa. G'day, boys. How are you going? Konnichiwa. I like it, mate. You're, you're on the ground in Japan, mate. Uh, talk us through it. What's, what's the vibe like? Uh, it's a bit strange, but really exciting. So mm-hmm. I guess it's hard for me to compare because this is my first Olympic Games and I'm bloody excited to be here. Um, but if you're walking around in the limited at- amount of time that we're allowed outside of uh, the hotel, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know, and there are almost no indicators at all that there's a games on. Um, so, and that's probably what had surprised me is that I went for a run the other night, we're allowed out for 15 minutes. So I went for a 15 minute jog and you couldn't tell there was no indicators that there were going to, that there was no signage. There was no, advertising anything like that around town now i guess that has to do with the fact that there has been some negativity from the Mm -hmm. locals about the COVID 19 situation um obviously they're into the fifth wave here um so maybe they just don't want to sort of rub it into the locals that that the event is going ahead so that that was probably the only thing that surprised me that you doesn't necessarily feel like there's a big celebration going on Mm. um yeah but once you get to the press centre and, you know, you immerse yourself in in the Olympic experience in being here, then that's when you start to, you know, you really get excited and the adrenaline pumps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that'll just continue to roll along, get into the opening ceremony. We've already seen some action and, and some big news yesterday for Brisbane and Australia. Look, we knew it was all going to happen. Uh, we always know who's going to win in a one-horse race. But Brisbane to hold the Olympic Games in, in 2032. I just want to know who the five delegates were that didn't vote for Brisbane and if they if – Who did they vote for? Botswana. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously had a bone to pick with Anastasia Pelichet. Perhaps they didn't like the fact that she'd left Australia. Uh, but uh, And then three people abstained as well. What were they thinking? So, mm. They're all um, from New South Wales. It's very, it's very exciting, though, isn't it? Because a lot of us can draw on that time in Sydney. It was a remarkable time. It was, it was just probably two of the best weeks of most of our lives. Well, I loved what they said. Anastasia said it in the report, and, and John Coates talked about it as well, about... Sydney 2000 has created a lasting legacy 
for so many Australians who've, you know, it's like grandparents have handed down to, to grandchildren and um, it, they've created cultural connections that will just last forever um, and moments, you know, Kathy Freeman winning goal, like that is mm. one of the iconic sporting moments and will be forever. And uh, so talking about what it means to Australia to, to hold an Olympics and then Thomas Bach said last night, he talked about the fact that the passion that Australia has for sport makes it such an easy decision. And then also, you know, the leaner and meaner games of the future, Brisbane's pretty much already set up to host it. Um, you know, certainly helps. Well, they'll do a great job, that's for sure. It's a, it's a beautiful place, Queensland, and it's definitely open for business. Now, um, Madri, you've gone away. I know you're going to be reporting on the um, the Olympics for us, but you've gone away on the weekend. We've got three massive AFL games, mate. You've got Melbourne are taking on the Bulldogs, Swans are taking on Frio, and the Cats take on Richmond. Three big games. You're going to be watching those as well? Well, I'll do my absolute <laughs> darndest. Um, if it, we've got the roaming set up on the work phone, so that means you can still stream the Australian apps. So that nice. does mean... That does mean that I can um, still watch the footy, um, but it has been—it's been hard to juggle um, both. I feel like I'm a little bit behind the footy at the moment, but um, yeah, I'll be watching closely because there is going to be some big games this weekend. Yeah, Drew, well, great to chat with you. We'll chat with you through the course of the next couple of weeks. A fantastic opportunity. I'm so happy for you that you're there. And uh, look, the whole idea of working on Olympic Games is magical. I remember even at 2000, it sort of brought memories back because I did some work for an Asian broadcaster on the Greco-Roman wrestling and I knew nothing about it. But it's amazing when you start when you start to get into it. It was just brilliant. And handball and all those other wonderful sports. You take care, buddy. Yeah, thanks, boy. You should have heard me yesterday. I was an absolute expert on softball. Hey, Timmy, were you were you commentating on the Greco-Roman wrestling or, or participating? <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, no, I was, I was commentating. It was very interesting. I don't know what the uh, people watching were thinking. But yeah, softball expert, we lost 8-1. But um, anyway, Drew, we will talk to you next week. Eh? Good on you, boys. Take care. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, the Matildas had a great win at the Olympic Games. The man that called it, Brenton Speed, is here to have a chat. Oh, I absolutely love watching the Matildas last night. It was made even better by my great mate Brenton Speed being behind the microphone. How are you, Speedy? G'day, boys. Buzzing after the Matildas got off to the perfect start last night. Sweden in had beaten the United States in the earlier game in the same group, so Australia really needed three points. They targeted it against New Zealand. They were 2-0 up at halftime, copped a late goal in stoppage time, but banked the three points and now looking for a result or two against the United States and Sweden in the next two group games. Yeah, I watched the game too and um, yeah, Sam Kerr obviously scored. She's like That girl has, seems she had more time than anyone else on the paddock. Fantastic leader, uh, the captain of the team, but she was on a five-game goalless run yeah. coming into this mm. game. So mm. that was her longest drought in four years for the national team. But they've been working hard on the training pitch uh, leading up to this game to get her more involved in the game, get teammates around her a bit closer to Sam Kerr. And it showed last night when she teed up to Mika Yallop for that opening yes. goal. It was wonderful combination play. And Australia had that early lead. And then Kerr with a trademark header uh, doubled the advantage later on. To, so to see her so influential with a goal and, a, and an assist was uh, mm. fantastic going forward. 
Yeah, just a couple of months away now from her 28th birthday. It's hard for a lot of us to believe that because she started when she was 15. But so many stars right across the park for Gustafsson's team. Kai Simon played well, Van Egmont played well, Ellie Carpenter. Uh, that that scoreline could have been so much more for the Matildas. Yeah, there were a lot of chances. Uh, late in the game, uh, Australia made a couple of substitutions. A couple of teenagers got their chance. Mary Fowler and Kyra Cooney-Cross. And New Zealand had those late chances and were able to capitalise on one themselves with Gabby Rennie uh, grabbing that late consolation goal. Mm. So there's plenty to work on. I suppose suppose the one uh, criticism is Lydia Williams in goal has been such a fantastic stalwart for the Matildas uh, throughout the years. But uh, Tegan Micah is putting a bit of pressure on her and I wouldn't be surprised to see a change in goal for the next game or two. And Brenton, the Ollie Roos um, boot up tonight? Yeah, looking forward to this one. Graham Arnold, the coach of the Ollie Roos and Socceroos, of course, is vowing to shock the world, and they've certainly mm. got a tough assignment first up against Argentina, who won the Olympic gold medal in 2004 and 2008. They beat Australia in both of those tournaments, in fact, in men's football by a 1-0 scoreline. So hopefully a tight one that goes Australia's way tonight. Yeah, well, no Lionel Messi. I know they have stacks of quality in their team, but uh, they do tend to bring out the best in us. I was in the stands that day in 1993 when we had the one-all draw against Argentina when Maradona was playing. Let's hope they can channel a little bit of that power. Look, you've got to get back to bed because you're calling through the night, doing a great job. We'll chat over the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Speedy. Cheers, boys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, we have a new sponsor, Shane Tucker. He's a drag racer, a tequila-making drag racer. We'll talk to him. Now, Shana, you're into the finer things in life. Have you tried Volando tequila? Timmy, I actually have. It's fantastic. It's high-end. It's world-class. What do you mean? Does that mean it tastes good? It does. It's really more than your average tequila. You've got to think more whiskey. Think smooth, rich in taste and high in spirit. Sounds like a great addition to Taco Night. Well, it moves Taco Night from Tuesday all the way to Saturday, if you know what I mean, Timmy. Oh, I know what you mean. It must be pretty special. Volando Tequila for the moment. For more information, head to volandotequila.com.au. Get to the website and use discount code TEQUILA15 for 15 bucks off any purchase until the end of July 2021. All right, we have a new sponsor for Afternoon Sport, Volando Tequila. How appropriate for Shane and I. And uh, Mr. Volando Tequila is Shane Tucker. How are you, Shane? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Mate, thanks for coming on the show. And we'll talk a little bit more about tequila later on. But, um, mate, you um, sort of cut your teeth in sport yourself um, in drag racing. And um, I did a little bit of research. It, it runs in the family. Your dad was into drag racing. Your sister, Kristen, also does it. Um, mate, talk us through it. Mate, yeah, I guess I've just grown up with it my whole life. So, um, yeah, my old man raced when he was young. And um, when I was sort of 11 years old, I, I drove a, a junior dragster. And then um, I guess when I was 19, my old man had given it away and, um, and asked if I wanted to jump on board. So, um, so yeah, it's sort of one of those things. It was a bit of a transition. I just got sort of stuck in the seat and then, um, mm. yeah, sort of learned the ropes. So, um, raced out in Australia from when I was 19 till I was about 26, had a stint in the US when I was younger, sort of 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the economy sort of 
fell apart. So I had to uh, had to find other options than becoming a race car driver. I tell you what, uh, it is the ultimate adrenaline thumper, isn't it? That sport. I know your dad did it for forty years. Uh, you, you're being quite humble. You were actually an Australian champion at age level. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of success in my junior days, and uh, my old man had a lot of success in his early days. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. I, I I was fortunate enough, I guess. When you hop in one, it's um, I guess. I don't know, it's that old saying, you either have it or you don't sometimes. And I was just very fortunate that my old man was a was a good racer. And uh, I guess it all comes down to just being calm in, in uh, certain situations. And uh, we were fortunate enough that we had, had pretty good success over here in Australia. If you look at the, the top 16 drag racers in the world, um, they're only separated by less than a tenth of a second, which is, is mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to think that, you know, you can – you can win, win or lose races by thousands of a second, but yeah, that's the reality of it. So you're based on the Gold Coast. Do you still uh, do you still do a bit of it, Shane? Yeah, look, all, all my stuff now. In in 2014, I moved all my, our race program over to the North Carolina in the US, and uh, sort of been back and forth racing uh, with my business over there. And uh, unfortunately, the last couple of years there hadn't been a whole lot going on. But um, I don't mind still jumping in the seat and uh, and having a crack whenever we get a chance. I was over in Houston, Texas this year, did a race over there, but. Um, those boys run 24 7, 365. So if you're going to compete over there, you really need to be on your game and uh, running sort of every week. So it makes it tough, but uh, still enjoyable when you get a chance. So, Shane, spending all that time over in the US, mate, you obviously spend a lot of time going to Mexico because you've come back and you produce an Australian tequila. Obviously, it's got to be manufactured and made in Mexico to be called a tequila. But, Volando, mate, talk us through that. I've, I've tasted it. It's fantastic. Yeah, correct, mate. Yeah. It is. Um, too. So, uh, so, back in. 15 we started a construction company myself and, and a mate of mine jesse ross and um off the back of that we were introduced to ultra premium tequila by a lot of our employees being that they were mexican and um they sort of had some white label stuff get sent across the border by their families and um being aussies we sort of weren't too accustomed to tequila so we were just like nah, no way not trying it <laughs> and uh and eventually one day we succumbed to a bit of pressure and uh, and tried it and i was i was blown away by how uh smooth uh, a natural liquor can taste. I mean, if it's 100% agave, the only thing you can do to uh, adjust the flavour is dilute it with water. We oxygenate ours and then we uh, for, uh, we charcoal filter it. So that's sort of where it's still 100% pure. Uh, as I said, it's only diluted with water and that's about it for any other ingredients. So. It's quite appropriate you're involved in it, you know, being a drag racer, quick like a tequila shot. And uh, look, I've had it as well. It's glorious. I love it. But what's the best way to drink it for people listening who love a little bit of tequila what's the best way to do it you reckon look honestly if it's a good enough drop i mean our stuff for a blanco which is unaged um i mean you can still drink it on the rocks and eat um i wouldn't ruin it with salt and salt and, and lime that's a bit of a myth that sort of uh tries to cover up a lot of the a lot of the burning sensation that most uh for lack of a better word shitty tequilas are Mm. But uh, certainly in neat mm. form uh, or a cocktail form, I mean, even just the way you drink vodka, soda water, grapefruit juice, soda water, a bit of pineapple, uh, even cola and lime as well. Um, yeah, basically, mate, any way you would drink vodka or gin, you can drink tequila the same way. Well, Shane, it's, it's a wonderful story, mate. It's two Aussies having a, a crack over in the US in sport. Um, your, your partner, you, met, you mentioned Jesse. Jesse is an Olympian himself. and We're going to have him on the show um, next week, I think, but did boxing in the Olympics. Um, so we'll get his perspective on what's going on in Japan. But uh, for, for two guys, one in drag racing and one in uh, boxing, mate, you make a bloody good tequila. So thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Hey, boys, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you goes out to our guests today, Drew Jones, Brenton Speed and Shane Tucker. Thanks also to Spartan Sports. Yes, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com and also Valendo Tequila. Oh, yeah, nice. And, of course, our wonderful producer, doesn't mind a tequila or two, Mr Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with a daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.